This episode contains a listener warning. Bad words. Important topics. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to another episode of Notes on Nonsense. I'm your host, Meredith Atwood. I show up every week in your podcast feed with one of these episodes. So the other episodes are me interviewing really interesting people who make the most of their 24 hours. These episodes are in celebration of my new book coming out in December called The Year of No Nonsense, How a Little Less Bullshit Can Change Your Life. So in the vein of that book, I like to pick a topic every week and talk about why it's nonsense. So sometimes it's serious, sometimes it's funny, but for the most part, it's about learning to get rid of the nonsense in our life. And nonsense can be big, or small, big, or tall, short, or small. I think I got the opposites wrong. I am no Dr. Seuss. But anyway, thank you all for coming back to another episode. These are actually downloaded pretty heavily these days, I've noticed. So if you're getting a lot of fun out of them, please go and rate and give me a review on iTunes. Jessica, one of my team members, will be very happy that I just asked that. There you go, Jessica. You can sleep tonight. So let's get into today's topic. This has been one that I've mentioned was coming, and I kept putting it off and putting it off because it's a really tough topic. Today's notes on nonsense is people-pleasing is bullshit. People-pleasing is really a tough topic because for the most part, we live in a society where we need to make people happy, right? Right where we need to work to make our spouses happy, significant others, our parents, our family, our teachers, our bosses, the people in traffic, those at the grocery store, those in line at Starbucks, everyone needs to be happy. Happy, happy, happy. Right? Yeah. No. Wrong. Which begs the question, when is the episode Happiness is Bullshit coming? Oh, that's soon too. Yeah, that's actually kind of a chapter in the book. So here's the thing. People-pleasing. People-pleasing has its roots dug exceptionally deep. For some of us, these people-pleasing roots are so deep that we don't even know where they start because it's been so long. So, of course, it comes a lot from childhood, right? We are born into this world, little blobs of baby, perfect little creatures who then are raised by imperfect people in an imperfect world with imperfect leaders, imperfect schools, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, until we become imperfect too, just like everyone else. <laughs> Even if we had parents that told us we were perfect. So, there's the bad news. The good news is um, we developed some strategies during our childhood that either gave us a healthy dose of learning to make people proud of us, or it became a compulsion, or it became a part of our identity, that it was something we did to make everyone else feel more comfortable. The issue is a lot of times we are in a relationship with our parents, our first caregivers, or whoever raised us, where we were relied upon to be their emotional sources of happiness. So either the world rotated around us or, you know, in the case of a divorced family, a lot of times the custodial parent will rely on the child to give them emotional support. And I mean, there's just a slew of reasons that children become people pleasers. And 
obviously the most the most obvious one is we get praised for it, right? When we make our parents happy, when we make our teachers happy, our coaches, they're happy. And so we're happy and the world is all right. The problem is when we have a compass that points always do other people, we never really learn what we like, what we need, what makes us happy and what is a good emotional point for us to lean upon. When our compass is the reaction to other people, when other people determine the direction that our thoughts and our happiness and our dreams and even our career goes, we are completely lost. So a lot of times we don't even realize this has happened because by the time we might realize it's happened, we're grown damn adults who are too busy people pleasing everyone else in other areas of our lives. Either our parents are too grown for us to care anymore or We're still trying to please them and they don't even know we're trying to please them or our parents are gone. And so we've attached this fixation of people pleasing to someone else. Regardless, when the compass that determines our direction, our hopes and dreams and our like motivation, right? The simple things like how much we eat or how much we work out because it impacts another person, right? So I have repeatedly um, coached women and dealt with clients who definitely have a compass built around their significant other when it comes to working out. And I get it because a lot of them have young children. And it's really hard when you have young children to figure out how to navigate workouts and food and taking care of your health when you're taking care of other people. But please go back and listen to the prior episode about hard is bullshit because that one sort of applies. (laughs) Um, It is hard, sort of, to navigate these things. But what makes it harder is the fact that we are looking to other people to validate our schedules, our bodies, our health, and the direction that we take our lives. And this is so autopilot for many of us that we don't even know we're doing it. And I can spot it a million miles away at this point when I talk to an athlete or or a client. I can see it coming. I can see it coming. Um, And it's usually in the form of, um, but I have to have dinner ready and I'm going to have to check with my significant other to see if that schedule works with the kids. Now, I get it. You have to check with people about schedules. There is a stark difference between scheduling and being a good citizen of the family and literally letting this other person dictate what you do with your body in your time, which is your workout time. That is your time. And the problem with people pleasers is most of the time they've never carved out any space for themselves. Let me repeat that. The problem with people pleasers is that they likely have not carved out any space for themselves, or if they have carved it out, it is a weird space. It is a space where they sit in front of the TV and gorge on a pint of ice cream. That's downtime because they're so exhausted because they've spent the whole day pleasing other people. And this is their time to relax or sitting down with a bottle of wine because this is their time to relax. The problem with people pleasing is that our downtime tends to be really unhealthy behaviors because other people can watch us. They have their eye on us. We kn- they know where we are. We're completely controlled, understood, and seen by these other people doing nothing good for ourselves. And it's not that these other people even want you to necessarily be living your not best life. 
but this is the role that you have played and this is the role that they have been designated so often. It's it's very common in, in marriages. It's very common in parent-child relationships. I see it all the time. I have grown women still trying to please their 70, 80-year-old parents as I raise my hand. <laughs> Did you see me? Oh, no, this is an audio thing. Audio. Thank goodness, because I'll describe what I'm wearing at the moment. Um, it is a hair turban to dry my hair, and I'm in, let's see, I'm looking down, stretch pants and a t-shirt, and I look like a wet rat. So this is why um, I'm, you know, headed for a career in radio. <laughs> a face for radio, they say. Anyway, um, yeah, so the other people often don't even know what is beeping. See, this is what you get when you do a podcast and you do it in one take. <laughs> I do, though. Um, Okay, so back to the other people. The other people don't even know that they're playing this dance most of the time. Now, I understand that some people are totally controlling assholes, and they totally know what they're doing, narcissist and the like, but I'm not a psychologist, nor do I play one on the radio or the podcast or the television, so check out my friend Britt Frank for that kind of information. However, she does like all sorts of amazing stuff on Instagram, by the way. Um, Britt Frank, B-R-I-T-T-F-R-A-N-K. Not that she needs any more followers. She's blown up like crazy, but she's got good stuff, so go follow her. So about narcissism, (laughs) sidetrack, other people are going to have their own issues. Yes, it's true. But my whole point is that a lot of times we are putting our own issues on these other people and they don't even know it. And another example that's really weird is the fact that I see and I have been a part of trying to people please people that I don't even like. This is a crazy phenomenon that I feel like needs a name. You know, like how when you get a syndrome, it's got someone's name for discovering it. I think I should be the founder of the syndrome, not only because I'm the only one that really thinks it needs a name, but because I did this so very often in the beginning of my blogging and social media days. I would have people in my home that I didn't even like. I would have people um, be a part of my life that were really causing me a lot of stress, that made me more competitive, that just when I was around them, they sucked the life out of me. And sometimes, sure, that's my problem. A lot of times the way we react in a situation and, and we talk about people or feel about people is our problem. And I can look back to those years when I was drinking heavily and say, okay, yeah, maybe, you know, I would be different with that now. In fact, I can probably say, yeah, I'd be different. However, to this day, there are still people that, um, you know, aren't the type of people I really want to hang around with. And yet I can see myself trying to people please them. to make sure they're happy. What kind of insanity is that? That's called the Meredith syndrome, by the way, in case you were wondering. Hashtag Meredith syndrome, pleasing people you don't even like. Let's see if we can make that catch on. (laughs) What a sad contribution to the world that would be, honestly. Oh, I'm the founder of Meredith syndrome. Oh yeah, we've heard of that. That's really great. Anyway, people pleasing people you don't even like. This is very common in the case of, um, you know, the presidents of the Kiwanis Club (laughs) or, you know, volunteer organizations and people pleasers. Like for those of you who know about the Enneagram, that's usually like Enneagram 2, the helper. They're always helping and pleasing all the people. They tend to be fall into this category a lot more than others from what I've read. Now, I'm not an expert on the Enneagram. I've just found it a super helpful tool lately. 
Um, especially when, when talking to my athletes and my clients, it kind of gives me a little bit of perspective, but I've noticed that the people pleasers tend to kind of fall into that category of a two and sometimes a six. But what the thing is, is we gain significance and we gain a purpose in making other people happy. We're super helpful. And therefore people are like, oh my God, Meredith is so nice. Hashtag Meredith syndrome. And then people are grateful and that's always nice, right? Right. I mean, it's good to be kind to people. It's good to be an excellent citizen of the world. These are all excellent things. But the problem is most of us will people please to our own detriment. I think I have a child walking in. No, I do not. Don't you know this is my studio? (laughs) Oh, or my bedroom. Um, Well, people please to our own detriment, to our own hopes and dreams, to the cost and expense of our own health. Um, You know, and it's weird. I know when I was drinking very heavily, my husband and I had a weird dance. Like he was a two glass of winer, winer, two glass of wine drinker. And I was, you know, two to four bottles. And so there was always a struggle between us because he wanted to hang out with me, right? Be like my friend and party buddy. But I was just like party boy. And, um, you know, there was no filter, no limit. Nothing could ever be enough. You know, if one was good, 400 was better. And so he was trying to people please me by like continuing the charade of, yeah, let's go drinking when really he just wanted to stay home and like, let's not. And so when I got sober at the end of 2015, and I was like, yeah, I don't want to go out. I don't want to drink. He was like, what? Because it can really upset the balance. So his people pleasing was more like people tolerating, I think. But then I was in a weird boat of trying to make him happy. And to be social when I was also trying to get sober. So this this people-pleasing dance never goes away. You don't ever get totally rid of people-pleasing. But the whole idea that this is why it's bullshit. And this is my challenge for you. So if you find yourself in a day-to-day job relationship situation or mindset that says, hmm, I wonder what so-and-so is going to think if I eat this way, work out this way, dream, hope, or take a different path this way. If you have any of those major things, and I call them in my book, your health, your pursuit of happiness, and success. So if any of those three, the big three, are being impacted by the way you perceive other people reacting to your health, pursuit of happiness, and success, if you can see that happening in your life, I want you to take a big pause. And this is a great time to get out your journal. (laughs) And all of you are like, oh, yeah, my journal. No, you're not. None of you have them Um, because we're not we're grownups. We think we don't need diaries. We don't need diaries, but we need scraps of paper to write down and get these thoughts out of our heads. So if during the course of my challenge is during the course of this next week before you get what else is bullshit during the course of this next week, really examine your relationship to other people and what your role is in making them or attempting to make them happy or proud of you or to give them comfort or in a worst case to be their somehow their emotional support or punching bag. And I don't take, I'm not saying that lightly. A lot of times in an abusive relationship, you are people pleasing by allowing yourself to be abused. You know what I mean? This is not a blame the victim scenario, so don't tweet me about that. But I mean, you're, that is the purpose you're serving, is allowing someone else to take out their aggression and their anger on you. And so 
that requires a special kind of therapy. Again, I'm not a therapist, but seriously think where you are positioned in relation to other people because people pleasing is bullshit. You need to make yourself happy. Take care of your responsibilities, sure. Take care of your kids. Can't make them happy either, apparently, as shown by a trip to the pool today. (laughs) Can't make those little guys happy no matter what. Um, You can't make people happy. It's not your job. And so you've got to figure out how do you make yourself healthy? How do you pursue happiness? More on that later. And how do you work toward the success as you define it in your life? without allowing this relentless pursuit for making other people happy part of the equation. Thanks for listening, guys. Remember to subscribe and rate on iTunes. You're welcome, Jessica. I did it again. And have a great week, everyone. Until next time.